Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson is called Gold is Tried in the Fire, brothers and sisters. Today's dialogue will be about adversity, about trials and tribulation, brothers and sisters. There's no question that adversity and setbacks will come in life, brothers and sisters. How you handle those complications makes all the difference in success and failure, brothers and sisters. When complications, obstacles, or unexpected circumstances appear to block your path, you must be equipped with resourcefulness and perseverance to solve each problem, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer. We're going to start in the Apographer today, brothers and sisters. We're going to chapter 2, Ecclesiasticus chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 7. Ecclesiasticus 2, verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. If you come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. Now, usually when we hear temptation, we think somebody tempting you to break his law. But this is a different temptation that's here, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Uh, read verse 2, please, brother. Verse 2. Set thy heart aright and constantly endure. And make not haste in time of trouble. That's the temptation, brothers and sisters. That when adversity arises, <clears throat> not to make haste to run back to the person that you were before. Or run back to Satan, brothers and sisters. Because a lot of people, they do that. You have a brother, maybe who loses his job. And the first thing on his mind is, you know what? I'm going to go sell dope. I'm going to sell dope. I'm going to run back to what I... You know, what I was before, or I'm going to go pick up a, a ganja, a, 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 a reefer stick, you know, because I, I'm having adversity. So the Bible is telling you, don't run back. There's nowhere to run. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse two, set thy heart aright and constantly endure and make not haste in time of trouble. Right. So when adversity comes, brothers and sisters, you must stay the course. When a, road, when, when, a, when a wall is presented in your path, you make a doorway, brothers and sisters. You don't run off. Continue, brother, please. Verse 3. Cleave unto him, and depart not away, that thou mayest be increased at thy last end. See, so cleave unto the Most High in that time of adversity, brothers and sisters. So what does that mean? That means don't allow your circumstances to prohibit you from enduring on that path into the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, because tribulation is going to come. Adversity is going to come, especially when you first come into the truth. Those first, you know, first year or two, it's going to be rocky, brothers and sisters. And a lot of times I've, I've spoken to brothers who they've gotten baptized and they've come into the truth and they say, seems like everything is going wrong. This can't be the truth. Seems like I'm losing my job. I'm, you know, and I'm like, no, brother, that's your reverse. That's your thinking in reverse. You're thinking about the prosperity doctrine where you're supposed to have money and, you know, all the, everything's supposed to go right for you because you're in the truth. When really, this is the most high separating you. You're going to lose stuff. I went through it, brothers and sisters. Most people lose things because you're losing everything the most high didn't give you so he can give it back to you, brothers and sisters. That way, you'll live off that faith for the rest of your life. So you may lose a relationship, you may lose a job, you may lose a car, you may lose a home, brothers and sisters. That's the Most High trying to build your faith. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3, cleave unto him and depart not away, 
that thou mayest be increased at thy last end. So don't be subdued by your circumstances. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. See, so whatever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, brothers and sisters, with a, with a joyful countenance. Read that one more time, brother, please. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. So he's showing you that we will be changed to a lower state, brothers and sisters. This is the normal progression. Now, that lower state may not mean economically or financially. It could be within a relationship, brothers and sisters. It could be with, when we say relationship, that doesn't mean boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. That could be a friendship, brothers and sisters. That could be you losing your job. That could be you losing your car and now you're back on the bus. This could mean a plethora of different things, brothers and sisters. But a lower state does come, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. So be patient when thou art changed to a lower state, brothers and sisters. So you must have the power to stand under the pressure without being crushed, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 5. For gold is tried in the fire. Read that again, brother. For gold is tried in the fire. And acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. And this men is for women and men, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. That means gold is melted down, brothers and sisters. Anybody who know about jewelry? So all the pebbles and rocks and the impurities are burned away. And what you have left is pure gold, 24 karat, brothers and sisters. So gold is tried in the fire. And real gold stays. But the fake gold it does not, brothers and sisters. So we have to make a choice. Are we the real gold or are we the, the gold that's going to turn your neck green, brothers and sisters? Are we going to, you know, we have to make a choice. Are we going to stand up for what we believe in, even in difficult times? Or will we run back to Satan, brothers and sisters? Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 5. For gold is tried in the fire. An acceptable man in the furnace of adversity. Right, the furnace of adversity. This is the most high proving your discipline and building your faith simultaneously, brothers and sisters. So are we the real, precious, valuable, beautiful gold that the most high God is calling us to be? Or are we the cheap substitution? Because the fire would tell, brothers and sisters. Will we stay strong like a diamond or will we melt like plastic under the pressure, brothers and sisters? So we must be consistent when things are going right and when things may may not be ideal, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 5. For gold is tried in the fire, an acceptable man in the furnace of adversity. Believe in him and he will help thee. Order thy way aright and trust in him. So when the adversity comes, believe in the Most High and he will help us. He will assist us, brothers and sisters, and he will order our steps. He will order our steps. The adversity will come. You will be brought to a lower state because it's the Most High showing us humility. It's Him showing His power, brothers and sisters, and it's Him building us. When Satan gives you something, it's easily taken away. When the Most High gives you something, nobody can take it away, brothers and sisters. Nobody can take it away because a lot of the things we got was through our hand. It was things we did to obtain certain things. Brothers and sisters, it may even be a relationship. A relationship may have been something that you wanted through your hand, you know, and the Most High is bringing you into the truth. 
And now he may be separating that. It could be a friendship, brothers and sisters. A friendship or just your homeboys or, you know, some guy that you smoke uh, reefer on the corner with. Or it, it can be a, a litmus of things, brothers and sisters. When the adversity comes and we're changed to a lower state, don't be hasty to run back into the evil, the unrighteousness that we knew in our previous life, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 6, believe in him and he will help thee. Order thy weight aright and trust in him. Ye that fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and go not aside lest ye fall. Wait on the Most High's mercy, brothers and sisters, and do not go aside, brothers and sisters. Trust in him. Don't try to figure how you can do it through your own hand, brothers and sisters. He's going to put you in situations in which the strength of your hand is not going to deliver you, brothers and sisters. It's not. Because he wants you to rely on him, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John chapter 16, verse 33. Going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Read that part again, brother. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is Christ, brothers and sisters. So in the world, you will have, we will have trials and tribulations, brothers and sisters. But Christ is telling you, he's overcome this world. So through him, we can overcome this world. We can become overcomers ourselves, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> so adversity will come. Can you read that one more time, brother? 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Right. Be of good cheer, brothers and sisters. So this is encouragement that through Christ's power and direction, we can stand firm in the face of adversity, brothers and sisters. We can stand firm because why? People are going to walk out of your life, brothers and sisters. It could be a family member. It could be friends. Why? Because now you've changed. Now you've changed. You're not hanging the same places. The things that you thought were fun are not fun anymore, brothers and sisters. The foods that you were eating, the holidays. So these things will put relationships to the test, brothers and sisters. It could be a job because maybe you, you're dealing with a job that the Most High don't want you to deal with. Maybe that's not the job that he had for you, brothers and sisters. It could be a vehicle. It could be a car. It could be a plethora of different things that Satan is going to use to try to bring you back to him, brothers and sisters. And the Most High is saying, stay the course. Brothers and sisters. So when we first encounter a trial, what should we do? We should stand firm on Christ and trust in him, brothers and sisters. That's what we should do. This scripture is encouragement for all of us that may be in, in the face of a tribulation or a trial. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So there could be a sickness, brothers and sisters. A family member may die, brothers and sisters. All these things will arise, brothers and sisters. Adversity. Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. Are we that true gold or are we that substitute, brothers and sisters? Are we the substitute? We're going to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 
Going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters, please follow us. First Peter four, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we need to magnify this because a lot of people will come into the truth. I've, I've heard young brothers say young in the truth, brothers and sisters, say, I mean, I'm doing the right thing. Why am I not being rewarded right away? I, just, I got baptized last week. Where's my rulership at? The Bible is telling you, read that one more time, brother. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Right. So to pass God's test, brothers and sisters, we must expect the test. Tri trials come in all shapes and sizes, brothers and sisters. Sometimes they afflict our bodies. Other times our minds, brothers and sisters. Sometimes they disturb our comfort zones. And other times our loved ones, brothers and sisters. These are the trials, the tribulations that Christ is telling you will arise. Like John 16 and 33 say, in the world, you will have tribulation, brothers and sisters. This is to try you. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Right. This is it's not a strange thing, brothers and sisters. This is natural. This is natural, brothers and sisters. Even not even just when you're in the in the beginning stages, all throughout your walk is going to be adversity, brothers and sisters. And each one that you overcome, you stand in the face of, you will become empowered. You will be strengthened. Your faith will be strengthened. Your discipline will stay intact, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, the fiery trial, why is it fiery? Because Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. And the Most High only wants true gold in his kingdom, brothers and sisters. You must be able to stand in the face of adversity, even if sin is presented to you, even if trials and tribulation is presented to you. How will you handle that, brothers and sisters? We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apographer, chapter 27, verse 5. Follow us, brothers and sisters, please. Ecclesiasticus 27 verse 5. The furnace proveth the potter's vessel. Read that again, brother. The furnace proveth the potter's vessel. Right. So temperature, brothers and sisters, changes the state of clay. The temperature needed to transform soft clay into hard ceramic is extremely high, brothers and sisters. So this fire creates a remarkable change in the clay. Can you read that one more time, brother? The furnace proveth the potter's vessel. So the trial of man is in his reasoning. Right. So the trial of man is in his reasoning, brothers and sisters. So it's for the benefit of the Most High. This trial wasn't just to, you know, to hurt you or to harm you, brothers and sisters. It's so he can shape you, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible is telling you. So that fire completes the transformation of pots from soft and fragile to a substance that is... Rock hard, brothers and sisters. So the extreme temperatures strengthen you spiritually. That's what he's saying, brothers and sisters. Expect this. Stand in the face of this. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. The furnace proveth the potter's vessel. So the trial of man is in his reasoning. Right. So the trial of man is in his reasoning. 
We are the clay, brothers and sisters. The Most High is trying to mold us. He can make a vase, he can make a bowl, he can make a cup. The Most High is trying to shape us, brothers and sisters. And he does this by putting us in the fire, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us, including myself, brothers and sisters. I have adversity all the time, especially in the beginning. Because in the beginning is when the seed can be choked out like Matthew tell you. When the word comes, Satan comes. Right after that, to try to choke out that word and say, hold on, I was doing better when I was in the dark. I might as well just go back to that. I might as well just do that. If I'm, listen, if I'm going to be persecuted, I might as well be persecuted for doing what I want to do. Is there fortitude there? Can you be easily manipulated? Can Satan say, I want to see how much I can put on his back before he crumbled to his knees? Let me just take this away. Let me take his car away. I just want to see. I know if I just take one thing away, he'll crumble because he don't have no strength. She has no strength. How much can he take, brothers and sisters? This is how I think in my mind. I believe personally that Satan is just trying to see how much can I put up with before I crumble, brothers and sisters. That'll give you the strength because when you know somebody's purposely trying to break you, that give you the strength. It's just like when you was an a, a, a adolescent, you had an older brother or sister, and you knew they was just doing stuff to get on your nerves. You never let it get on your nerves because they just wanted the reaction, brothers and sisters. Satan wants to crumble you. He wants to bring you to your knees, brothers and sisters. How much can you take? Because some people, you take one thing away, <laughs> and they're, they're back in that same lifestyle, brothers and sisters. You, you touch one thing in their life. You touch one thing. Homeless, homelessness. Oh, now the brother's homeless, or the sister's homeless, or the job is gone, or the car is gone, brothers and sisters. And then you run back. All right, I gotta sell dope. I'm only doing it for two months. I just need to get a new car. See? Oh, you know what? My rent. You know, I'm gonna go swing my butt on the pole again. You know, I gotta get this money. I'm gonna stop. But you know, how much before you crumble? The Bible's trying to strengthen us. The Most High is looking to strengthen us and put us through the fire. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to 1 Peter 6 and 7. <clears throat> Excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. So Peter says, read that one more time actually, brother. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though not for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. So Peter tells us it's possible for believers to have both great joy and grief in the midst of their trials, brothers and sisters. Examine that. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Notice the Most High keeps saying, take it cheerfully. Be joyful, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother, please? Verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though not for a season... If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. In heaviness, that's grief, brothers and sisters. That's grief. That's what heaviness is, the spirit of heaviness. So to have joy in trials is not to deny the pain exists, brothers and sisters, but it's to recognize the fact that they can exist together, brothers and sisters. That's what Peter is magnifying here. They can coexist as, a, as an expectant mother going through the travails of childbirth, even knowing that on the other end of it is new life. See? So just as that is, brothers and sisters, the pain hurts. It hurts. <laughs> but I'm jovial because I know what's coming. Read that one more time, brother, please. 
wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Read that part again. Though it be tried with fire. So adversity is God's method of purifying our faith, brothers and sisters. Might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. Right. Why? Why is he trying to perfect our faith, brothers and sisters? Because faith is essential for living a godly life, brothers and sisters. Because of the ways, the ways of the Most High are opposite from our or from man or woman's natural inclinations, brothers and sisters. So the Most High is doing this to prove that our faith is genuine. Because a lot of us say, why would he be? Why would he need to test me? I mean, why would he not need to test you? Because every listen, everybody have a plan until they get punched in the mouth, brothers and sisters. <laughs> when you get into a fight, boxing ring, you you're like I'm gonna do this, do that, go down, jab him, jab him, and then you get punched in the mouth, and now all of that have gone out the window. Now you you don't you can't even stand now. And that's what he's saying. He's gonna put you in the adversity to test your faith, brothers and sisters. To build your faith. Can you read that from the top, brother? Six and seven. Verse six. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. Right. That's why you need the training, brothers and sisters. And this is the training because why? That's when your fundamentals kick in. When you're just reflecting. You, you, it's just your reflexes now. You're not even thinking about it. You've trained so much that when you do get punched in the mouth, your reflexes just take over. Your reflexes now, now you're ducking, you're dodging. You're not even thinking about it. This is your reflexes because you've been trained. This is your training, brothers and sisters. This is your training. You must have perseverance. Anybody knows that played sports, once... Once you get tired or once you're exhausted, you start to make mistakes. First, the mistakes are mental. You start making mistakes, you're tired, you're boxing, now your arms are dropping, now you're wide open to be punched in the face, brothers and sisters. Or you're playing football and you're tired, now you're clutching, you're grabbing, passing interference, right? So perseverance, this is training. How much can you endure? That's what the Most High is trying to Prove to you, not only to him, but to you, brothers and sisters, because once you overcome these things, the next thing that come up, you'll say, listen, three years ago, I dealt with this. Nothing can beat me. I dealt with things 20 times bigger than what's presented with me, you know, presented to me now, brothers and sisters. So to prove that our faith is genuine, these trials are here, brothers and sisters, the adversity, the tribulation is going to meet you. Head up, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. And Paul Peter is telling you, you can rejoice and have grief, brothers and sisters. Even when, and you know, brothers, they probably, to be honest with you, maybe that's why they don't talk to me as much about their adversity. Because as much as I would want to identify with it, that's what the Most High have you go through to bring you through it. And I know that. It's not that I want to be dismissive or have no, you know, I, I can't feel for you. I, I can feel for you. I do feel for you. But the Most High is bringing this, putting you to this to show his power. It's all about him showing his power. It's not even about you. 
It's about him showing you that he can deliver you from insurmountable obstacles, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Romans 12, verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Why is it saying patient, uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer? Because these repeated trials and tribulations establish patience, brothers and sisters. He's working his patience now. A lot of times we ask and say, Lord, I have the spirit of anxiousness. I, I need patience. The Most High doesn't give you patience. He puts you in predicaments in which you have to exemplify patience. That's how the Most High works, brothers and sisters. That's how we work. What do they say? You give a man a fish, he'll feed himself for the day. You teach a man how to fish, he'll feed himself for the rest of his life. So the Most High is putting you through it so you can endure it again. Because it won't be one trial. It won't be two trials, brothers and sisters. It's going to be constant. The Most High is building your faith, brothers and sisters. Building your faith to put you out in war. To say, this my soldier here, I can put him out there because he can deal with adverse situations. Because life is never going to go exactly how you planned it, brothers and sisters. You actually got to have two plans. So if it does go wrong, you're like, that's fine. I was, I was prepared for it to go wrong. Usually what can go wrong does go wrong, brothers and sisters. So you got to have two plans, maybe even three, brothers and sisters. If things don't go perfectly right, how do I react? Adversity in the fire, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. Today's dialogue is about tribulations and trials, adversity, brothers and sisters, uncomfortability, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Romans chapter 5, verse 3. We're going to, we're going to stay in the same book. We're just going to go a few chapters before. Romans 5, verse 3. <clears throat> and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulations worketh patience. Read that part again, brother. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Read that from the top, brother. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations Glo also. Glory in the tribulations, brothers and sisters. Glory in it. See? You must be able to take this cheerfully, brothers and sisters. People looking at you like, your car just broke down. Why? <laughs> what, what are you smiling for? You just lost your job. What's funny? Because why? It doesn't affect you to that degree. Why? Because you have faith that the Most High is going to deliver you. And Satan, he doesn't, he can't comprehend that, brothers and sisters. He can't comprehend that. That means you're not easily manipulated. That's what that means. I can't control his emotions, brothers and sisters. So the trial of tribulation is training us to be disciplined, brothers and sisters. Why? Because when we're uncomfortable, it's harder to be disciplined. Laws and structure are there when, when you're in a tough situation, brothers and sisters. When you're in a tough situation, it becomes harder not to sell dope. It becomes harder not to swing your butt on a pole. It becomes harder not to eat pork. Because why? Listen, I'm broke, man. You know? See? So the Most High is putting you in that trial and tribulation to perfect your discipline. Not just a new, you know, continuing to... Follow his commandments and laws, but your faith, because that's a commandment, brothers and sisters, is to have faith. So even in the tribulation, brothers and sisters, can you stay disciplined? 
I've had, you know, there's times where I'm doing the work and bills need to be paid. <laughs> bills still need to be paid, brothers and sisters. And, you know, I'm like, I listen, I may be sleeping outside, but I'm not breaking the Sabbath. <laughs> Period. I spoke to a brother, young brother, time, you know, a while back. And we were talking about the Sabbath and not spending money. And he told me, well, I'm sleeping in my car, so... You know, I'm spending money on the Sabbath to eat. And I'm like, okay, brother, well, <laughs> that's all Satan needs to do to you for you to break the law. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether I'm homeless or not. I'm not spending money on the Sabbath, brother, period. That's it. Well, what if, you know, what if there's only pork in the house? Then what? Then I guess, I mean, <laughs> where the ramen noodles at? <laughs> we grew up on oodles and noodles. Oodles and noodles babies, brothers and sisters. So... How much is too much before you just break down and say, well, hey, man, you know, I mean, I'm homeless. I really don't have that much money. Somebody gave me pepperoni pizza. Well, listen, even if I was homeless on the street, if somebody gave me pepperoni pizza, it's going in the trash. Because I'm trying to prove to the most high, even when I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to break this law. I'm not. Because Satan is saying, if I put him in a tough situation like Job, he'll, he'll throw every way, everything he knows away. And justify it too, based on his circumstance. The discipline, brothers and sisters, being disciplined. Can you read that one more time, brother, from the top? Verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. See? So these are all the characteristics that you learn from these tribulations, brothers and sisters. You, get, you gain patience. You gain experience. Why is it saying experience? You're gaining the experience so you can better identify with people who go through this situation after you. Because now you know I've been through that. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Let me give the brother or the sister some level, some, some level of encouragement. So the experience too, brothers and sisters. Because now you're elevated in your position and you actually have had trials and tribulations, brothers and sisters. It's hard to get a position for the most high when you haven't been through anything. Now, if you haven't had any adversity, that's good to some degree because you've had an easier life. But that's not going to prepare you for what the world, real world is like when those blindfolds come off, brothers and sisters. And you see the unseen, brothers and sisters, that spiritual warfare. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Why? Because being uncomfortable... Or being in a lower state makes you more focused. When you live in check to check, you're more focused because you're like, okay, I can't eat out tonight. I gotta, you know, I gotta go eat what's at the house. <laughs> okay, oh, I can't go to the club tonight. I, you know, I, my money's not right. So that's what it's for. Once you're in the adversity, the eye of the storm, you're supposed to become more focused and more disciplined, more precise, brothers and sisters, more precise. So we must look at it this way. We must be, we must have joy. We must have glory, brothers and sisters, in the tribulations. Not to, oh, here we go again. Oh, man, I've been doing everything right. Don't look at it that way, brothers and sisters. Look at it as an opportunity to prove yourself and your worthiness to the Father. And give him opportunity to show his power. Because that's really what it's about. Let him show his power, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter... No, actually, we're going to go to Ephesians 3 and 13. 
followers, brothers and sisters, gold is tried in the fire. Ephesians 3 and 13. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Read that one more time, brother. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you. My tribulations for you, brothers and sisters. So a lot of these tribulations, the Most High prepared it for you. Some of them are not coming from Satan. Of course Satan is going to tempt you, but the tests are coming from the Most High, brothers and sisters. The Most High don't tempt. He tests. There's a difference, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 13. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you. Which is your glory. Which is your glory. To show you that the Bible reveals that these trials and tribulations are for our benefit, brothers and sisters. It's for our benefit. Now, of course, you don't want to hear that while you're going through it. But nevertheless, you can fall back on this and say, somehow this is going to benefit me. Somehow this is going to benefit me here. Read that one more time, brother, please. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you. Which is your glory. Faint not. Because why? A lot of people just collapse. It's too much. You know. The most I say, he'll never put more on you than you can handle. So if you're dealing with that. And I used to always use that scripture as a young man. When I was dealing with adverse times. I'm like, well, obviously I can get through this. Because the most I said, he wouldn't put it on me if I couldn't deal with it. So that gave me strength. I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. So suicide is never the answer, brothers and sisters. Because if it was, he wouldn't put it on you. He doesn't want you to crumble. He's trying to show you your own strength. Sometimes we don't even know our own strength, brothers and sisters, until you go through it. Sometimes we don't even know our own fortitude and endurance, our own perseverance, brothers and sisters. He puts you in situations like that for your benefit, brothers and sisters. Not because he's always angry with you. Or, no, it's not about that. This is for your benefit, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. Follow us, please, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. Excuse me. Hebrews 12 and 10. For they barely for a few days chastened us after their own pleasures. But he for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Right. So our enemies, brothers and sisters, chastise us for their own pleasure, brothers and sisters. Chastises discipline, brothers and sisters. Going through the tribulation is for discipline, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 10. For they barely for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he for our prophet. But he for what? Our prophet. That we might be partakers of his holiness. Why? Because now you've proven yourself. Now you've proven yourself. Christ went through adversity. The disciples went through adversity. Ezekiel went through adversity. Isaiah went through adversity. Moses went through adversity, brothers and sisters. And look how glorious they are. We're still speaking about them today, brothers and sisters. They went through adversity. They stood in the face of tribulation, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. So no trials, no tribulation, no discipline at the time seems to be joyous. Read that again. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. 
Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. See, so this is your spiritual training, brothers and sisters. This is your push up for the spirit, brothers and sisters. A lot of times we, you know, we get your muscles, calisthenics, right? What about the spirit? What about the inside, brothers and sisters? This is the spiritual training. The trials and adversity are essential to the development of character, brothers and sisters. So wise discipline brings a child to maturity. Same same way when you, you know, when you're disciplining a child. It's to mature them, for them to become stronger, brothers and sisters, to be able to endure and to learn something. Can you read that one more time, that last scripture, brother? <clears throat> Verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of the righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Right. So it's just for a season, brothers and sisters. We know immediately it doesn't feel that good. But when you see the end of it, you have to see the end of it. You have to see what the benefit is. What am I going to get from this? That's how you must look at it, brothers and sisters. Don't look at it as it's going to tear you down. Look at it as you're going to grow. This is going to be a learning experience for me. This is my training. I'm going 12 rounds with Muhammad Ali. That's for all of us, brothers and sisters. We're going to be soldiers. We are soldiers. We got brothers that was in the military. They go through PT training, all types of stuff. So when they get out there, they're ready, brothers and sisters. Imagine... Sending our brothers over to these other countries with no training. They just roll out of bed. They tired. They can't even carry they, you know, can't carry the backpack. They can roll, they think they can roll right out of bed and, and you know and go to other countries. It doesn't work like that. And listen, I I I thank God that those who are protecting our country have training. Because <laughs> you don't want a bunch of undisciplined people protecting the fortress, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. You don't just wake up out of bed and go 12 rounds in a heavyweight championship fight. You have to train, brothers and sisters. You have to train. You must be disciplined, brothers and sisters. This is our training. And everybody don't like that. A lot of the greats, and as it pertains to athletes, they love the preparation. They didn't just love the game or the fight. They love the preparation. That's what set the greats, set the greats apart from, you know, the, the novice, the amateur. Because not only do you like the fight or the actual game, but you like the preparation of it, brothers and sisters. Go to Proverbs 15 and 10, brother, please. Proverbs 15, verse 10. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Read that again, brother. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. See? So those of us who hate training usually neglect the fundamentals of the Bible, brothers and sisters. Those of us who hate going through the trials, that's because you know you're going to fall off. <laughs> you know you're going to fall off. So those of us who don't like the training part of it, that's because you're not strong enough, and you know you're not strong enough. So think about it, brothers and sisters. Those of all of us went to school. All of us are educated. If you prepare for a test, you look forward to the test because you're prepared. 
You're like, I'm, I'm looking to show myself. I, I didn't study for three weeks straight, three hours a day. I'm ready to knock this out the park. As opposed to somebody who didn't really study like that, not confident. They're not really looking for the touch. They're not really looking for it, are they, brothers and sisters? That's why he's telling you. Those of us who are offended and easily broken as it pertains to the training, don't want to go through the training. Those are the ones who fundamentally, as it pertains to the Bible, are not strong. They're not disciplined, brothers and sisters. It's always, woe is me. There's nothing good even out of the trial. You, you only see the negative part of it. You can't be, you can't find any joy in it. You have to be able to find joy in everything, brothers and sisters. You have to. So those of us who hate the correction for sake of the way, that means go off the path. Go back to, to the devil because you wanted the easy way. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 6 and 23 because it's all in how you look at it, how you view it, brothers and sisters. The gospel is going to tell you this. Matthew 6 and 23. Matthew 6 verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Read that again, brother. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? If that light that be in you is actually darkness, how great is that darkness? Brothers and sisters, examine how beautifully and poetically crafted this passage is. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. See? So your vision, brothers and sisters, it starts with your perception, brothers and sisters. How do you view trials, brothers and sisters? That's what he's saying. How do you view trials? Are you viewing this as an opportunity to prove your worthiness? It's all in how you view it, brothers and sisters. The Most High God, he never made an armoire, brothers and sisters. He never made a dining room table. He gave you the tree. You're supposed to see what that tree can become. So when you see the trial, you're supposed to see what is going to come from this trial. What, what, what's going to come? What can benefit me out of this trial? What's the benefit of this? What can I turn this into? Most High never made a coffee table. He never made hardwood floors or cabinetry. He gave you the tree. It's on you to see something in what he gave you, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So we must choose to, see, to view, to see adversity as a bridge to de a deeper relationship with the Most High, brothers and sisters. That's what we're looking at it for. Because why? Inv adversity invites us to experience the power of the Most High God. The Most High Ahaya Ashar Ahaya. That's what adversity does, brothers and sisters. So if you're viewing it in any other way, you've already defeated yourself. That's what he's telling you. Your body is going to react based on how you're viewing it, brothers and sisters. How are you viewing this? Are you viewing this as an opportunity? Are you view, uh, observing this as training? Or are you feeling like you're being attacked? This is something that, you know, all bad things happen to you. Nothing good can come out of this. What do you see in this, brothers and sisters? I, the way my eye work, I always see the benefit out of it. People be bringing me stuff, 
you know, just in counsel. And I always point out the best part of him. Like, well, brother, actually, that could benefit you. He like, I ain't trying to hear that, man. I'm trying to sulk. <laughs> That's just how my eye works. The Bible have trained me to see the benefit in all things, even in trial, brothers and sisters, even in trial. As an opportunity to prove myself and to prove my God. For him to deliver me. For him to split the Red Sea for me, brothers and sisters. That's how we are to view adversity, brothers and sisters. Go to James chapter 1, verse 2, brother. Gold is tried in the fire. James 1, verse 2. My brethren. Count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith working patience. See, when you fall into diverse tribulations, brothers and sisters, where you're tempted to go the easy route or conform back to what you used to be, brothers and sisters, it says, count it all joy. Why? Because this is an opportunity for God to show himself, to strengthen your faith. To overcome this adversity, brothers and sisters. To burn out all the impurities, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Right. So, brothers and sisters, your life becomes a masterpiece once you learn to Master peace, brothers and sisters. You must you you must be able to do that, even in the face of adversity, brothers and sisters. Even in the face of trials and tribulation, even in the face of the fire, brothers and sisters, you must find peace. You must find joy. Because why the difficulties we experience in life are a means through which God works to accomplish his will in our lives, brothers and sisters. To shape us so that we reflect the character of Christ. Christ was betrayed. <laughs> he was tempted by Satan. Swung on, you know, hung on a cross by people he came to die for, brothers and sisters. So even Christ, and we know he did nothing wrong. He faced adversity, brothers and sisters. Even he faced adversity, pushback from the Pharisees. Nothing is going to be easy, brothers and sisters, if you're looking to serve the Most High God. We're going to Psalms 26 and 2, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. Psalms 26 and 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Read that again, brother. Examine me, put o me Lord. On, he's saying, put me on trial. And prove me. Try my reins and my heart. See? So look forward to the trial, brothers and sisters. Look forward to the adversity as an opportunity to prove your durability of your discipline, brothers and sisters. Because now the Most High can elevate you, brothers and sisters. Once he sees that you can take a beating, <laughs> once you can take a few punches to the gut, to the face, now you can be elevated because you're not easily broken. You're not easily broken. So view this as an opportunity to demonstrate your resiliency, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. See, so the trials are there to test our character, brothers and sisters, when nobody's looking. That's what it's there, to try your faith, brothers and sisters. To build your faith. 
brothers and sisters. That's for each and every one of us. Each and every one. And usually it's going to be, he's going to, what he's going to tamper with is the thing you care about most. That's where he's, what he's going to tamper with. Why? Because he loved his son most. So because of that, whatever it is that you care about most is usually what he's going to start to tamper with, brothers and sisters. Because we tamper with what he loved most, which was his son, the Hamashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua Christ, brothers and sisters. He did it for us. He's trying to prove us, brothers and sisters. Look at it not as an obstacle, but an opportunity, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 92. We're standing in the same book, brothers and sisters. Chapter 119, verse 92. Psalms 119 and 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Read that one more time, brother. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Examine that, brothers and sisters. So the trials present itself to see if we will continue with his instruction, even in the face of adversity. Even in the face of adversity, will you still... Give ear to the instruction. What's the instruction? His law, statutes, and commandments, and your faith, your patience, brothers and sisters. So the affliction is there to test the stability of our spiritual discipline, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. See? So the law being our delight is what actually delivers us from the adversity, brothers and sisters. See, a lot of us... <laughs> A lot of us go the other way. I, I've known brothers who, um, you know, they, maybe they say, well, listen, brother, uh, you got cancer. You got, you know, stage three cancer. And this brother will take the opportunity to say, okay, well, I need to go do a bunch of fornicating, a bunch of drug dealing, you know. Do, I just need to live my life out. No, brother, you need to get focused. <laughs> you can overcome this. Stay in this book. Because that's what we do. Well, they said I got three months to live, man. I'm going to go get a different pro prostitute every night, man. I'm going to do every drug that's out there, man. I need to live my life to the fullest. I need to get it out because I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone, brothers and sisters. This is what he's saying. Your deliverance is here in the book. Can you read that again, brother? Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Right. So this is to test your discipline. Your resiliency, brothers and sisters, each and every one of us, each and every one of us, they threw the disciples in prison, brothers and sisters. They was teaching the Bible in prison. <laughs> They're like, oh, OK, hold up, oh, get him up out of here. Let him go. For he convert the whole jail. Let him put him on his own island. So they were not going to be deterred, brothers and sisters. No matter what situation or circumstance you put them in, their duty, their focus was on their duty, brothers and sisters. Don't allow anybody to divert you. Or destroy what you know your purpose or your duty is. No matter the circumstances around you, brothers and sisters. And see, that was the importance of us knowing we was Israel. Because now we can look at our forefathers, foremothers, and say, well, hold on. Look at this righteous vigor they had. Look at this self-dignity they had. I can do this. I can take strength in my ancestors, brothers and sisters. So no matter what they throw at you, you stay focused, brothers and sisters, and keep your eye on Christ and you will be delivered. You will be delivered because sometimes it's just a test. He told Abraham, sacrifice your son. 
just to see, just to see. No, I wasn't going to allow him to do it, but listen, I just want to see what you want to do. Now that you, you know, you proved yourself, all right, now you have rulership and your children have rulership for the whole earth, for eternity. Because some, sometimes it's just that, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it's just a test to see how far you would go. How disciplined would you, would you stay, brothers and sisters? We're going to go to Psalm 66 and 10. Follow us, please, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. Psalm 66, verse 10. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Right. It says, for thou, O Ahiah, you've tested us. You've tried us as silver is tried, brothers and sisters. So this is a test. This adversity, this tribulation is a test of your fortitude. It's a test of your discipline. And once you overcome it, now you're battle-tested. Now you're battle-tested, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 10. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Right. So the trials and tribulation is what you call rigorous training, brothers and sisters. That's what this is. Nothing more. Nothing more, brothers and sisters. This is going to strengthen you and carry you until your last breath, brothers and sisters. And each one that you overcome, each hurdle. Some people think it's, it's an analogy. Uh, anybody who ran track. Some people say they think you have to jump, hop over the hurdle. No, you have to run through the hurdle. Which means you run and jump. You don't stop and slow up to jump over. You got to run through this, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us. Imagine a nation full of our people that's battle tested, brothers and sisters. Willing to deal with adversity, brothers and sisters. Refined like silver, cleansed, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalm 17 and 3. Psalms 17, verse 3. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. See, so by many temptations and afflictions, brothers and sisters, the sincerity or hypocrisy of men's hearts is discovered, brothers and sisters. This is the test right here. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. See, so I won't run back to Satan. I'll stay in this law no matter what you bring to me. I know I can overcome it. Because why? The law. The Bible tells me I can. So we choose to see adversity as a bridge to a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, brothers and sisters. That's what we look at trials as. That's how I look at trials. I don't look at it as something that's going to crumble me. You can't crumble me because I'm built on that rock, which is Christ. No matter what you throw at me, no matter what you say, I know I'm coming out on the other end. I know I'm coming out on the other end, no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like. Tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, for those of us who are just tuning in, today's lesson is gold is tried in the fire. Today's dialogue is based on trials and tribulations, that adversity that those of us in the truth will face, brothers and sisters. And how do we handle that adversity? We're going to Psalm 17 and 3. 
Psalms 17, verse 3. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am perfect that my mouth shall not transgress. Right. So by many temptations, trials, and tribulations, the sincerity or the hypocrisy of men's heart is discovered, brothers and sisters. So he's going to put you in adverse situations to see what your behavior will be like in that adverse environment, brothers and sisters. So we must choose to see adversity as a bridge to a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, brothers and sisters, as an opportunity to not only prove our worthiness, but to give the Most High God opportunity to show his strength, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. We're standing in the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. Isaiah 48, verse 10. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. I have done what? Chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. I have done what? Chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. See? That's when you get chosen, brothers and sisters, is your behavior while you're in the furnace of affliction, brothers and sisters. That's where you separate the men from the boys, brothers and sisters, and the women from the girls. In the face of adversity, what is your behavior? Do you stick to your fundamentals, your spiritual training, or do you become lackadaisical and unfocused, brothers and sisters? So he allows the adversity to see if our the discipline of our fundamentals and the adequacy of our faith stands up, brothers and sisters. So suffering is often the stimulus to greater closeness with the Most High God, brothers and sisters. That's what it's about. It's not that he's trying to crumble you or it's nothing like that, brothers and sisters. This is for your benefit, as the scripture tells you. You become stronger. You become stronger. You, you get patience. You gain experience to know when you're dealing with other people who've been through similar things. Now you know you know, the tenderheartedness that needs to be used, the wisdom and understanding that needs to be utilized because you've been through this, the encouragement that needs to be utilized because you've overcome this. Brothers and sisters, can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Right. So we, during affliction, in the face of adversity, we draw near to the Father for relief from pain, brothers and sisters, and suffering. And in that process, we discover more about how the Most High works in the face. In the furnace is when you're chosen. Because why? Everybody's good when everything's good. Mm-hmm. It's not where you stand when everything is good, but it's how you get back up after you've been knocked down, brothers and sisters. That's the fortitude. That's the resiliency, brothers and sisters. Some people, they're in a fight, even a regular fist fight. They get punched one time, they're done. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I lost. <laughs> Other people, they get knocked down, <laughs> they get up, and they keep coming. No matter how many times you knock them down, they keep getting up. You're like, I whooped his butt, but dang, I respect this brother. He could take a punch. <laughs> God, my niece might take a punch. This brother. <laughs> and, and you gain that respect, brothers and sisters. You gain that respect because this brother will not back down. This sister will not back down. This is where you're chosen at, brothers and sisters. This is where you prove your worthiness and your valuable, your valuableness, brothers and sisters. Are you the precious gold, the 24 carat, or are you that gold that burn up in the chain, burn up in the fire, brothers and sisters? 
You're refined, which means you burn out all the impurities when you're going through this fire, through this affliction, brothers and sisters. To edify on that, we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure. Read that part again. That we were pressed out of measure, above strength, and so much that we despair even of life. Examine that. It says that we were pressed out of measure above strength. So he puts you in a situation that's above your strength purposely. Where you, your hand, the strength of your hand is not going to fix this, brothers and sisters. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The Most High God ordains trials to, for us to encourage us to put our trust in him to deliver us, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 8, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength. Pressed out of measure, brothers and sisters, which means beyond our ability to change the circumstances through our own resources, brothers and sisters. That was purpose. That was purpose. He put you in a situation where you have to rely on him. There's no way, nothing that you can do through your, your power is going to deliver you. That's, that was purpose. Read that one more time, brother. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, and so much that we despaired even of life. So we were burdened excessively beyond our strength just so he could deliver us, brothers and sisters. I spoke to a brother uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I knew he had just lost his job, and I was, you know... Saying, well, brother, you know, there's a plethora of um, businesses that will hire you within a, a close radius. And he told me, well, I, there's certain jobs I'm not going to work. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. Well, what jobs are those, brother? And he started to, you know, divulge the places that he wouldn't work. And I'm like, well, why is that? Well, he was like, well, first of all, that's below me. And number two, that's not going to pay my bills. I'm like, wow, brother. Okay. That, now you're putting restrictions on the most high. Maybe he wants you to take that job that you're claiming is beneath you for humility, brother. Maybe he, well, my, it's not like you, what, you in a 25,000 square foot house where your rent is $3,500, brother. Well, I got kids and, you know, that's not going to be enough. That That's funny, brother, because <laughs> the Most High is trying to build your faith. He wants you to not see a way out and how that job will provide and then you take it, humble yourself, take it, and let him show you his power. We're going to show you. You can't put restrictions on the most high God. I told the brother. I said, well, I respect that, brother. But one thing I would suggest is never say what you won't do, brother. Because the most high have this sense of humor about him where the thing, all the things I said I would never do, I found myself doing, brothers and sisters. Never look at something and say, well, through my calculations, it won't work. We're going to show you why. Go to uh, John 6 and 5, brother, to show you that you can't put restrictions on the Most High God. John chapter 6, verse 5. John 6, verse 5. When Christ then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, 
For he himself knew what he would do. Now, brothers and sisters, this was where the with the fish, brothers and sisters, and the bread. So he asked them purposely, where are we going to get bread from? <laughs> read, read it again, brother. When Christ then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. To prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. See, so he put him in a circumstance where he couldn't see how this would work because he already knew he was going to deliver it. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. Philip answered, or Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. See, so he purposely asked him, how, you know, how are we going to feed these people, knowing that psychologically in his mind, this is insurmountable. So he purposely asked him, he wanted him to recognize that through what I see, we can't do it. We can't accomplish this obstacle. We cannot overcome this hurdle. But watch this. Jump to verse 10, brother. Read 10 through 14. Verse 10. And Christ said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of about 5,000. 5,000, brothers and sisters. And Christ took the loaves. And when he had given thanks... He distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So brothers and sisters, examine this. Two fish and five loaves, brothers and sisters. He's like, we can't feed 5,000 people with that. Christ is like, hmm, showing your faith. That, that was the proof right there. He wanted to prove he had no faith to show you that even the People that was around Christ, even the disciples lacked in faith, brothers and sisters. So it's not like, okay, you know, everybody that believe in Christ and know they're an Israelite have faith. That's not the case, brothers and sisters. He purposely showed him that you need to have faith in him, in Christ, in the Most High God. Read that again, brother, please. Uh, verse 11. And Christ took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the, to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. As much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So there was an overabundance, brothers and sisters. Now, Philip just said, we don't have enough, you know, to feed 5,000 men. He said, listen, gather up the rest of it. Everybody's full now. Just to show you that even in your mind, you can't say... You know, if the Most High say get this job and you say, well, that's not going to be enough. That's the that's the whole well, that's what he's trying to prove to you. It's not going to be enough unless I deliver you. That's what that was the whole point, brothers and sisters. So you can't put restrictions on the Most High God. He purposely wanted him to view this obstacle as insurmountable, brothers and sisters. That was purpose. Continue, brother, please. Verse 13. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Christ did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. See, faith increased through seeing this because Philip knew. I don't know how he did this, but everybody eating this five thousand men here. Everybody have eaten, they're full, and he's like, now take up the rest. <laughs> Let's not waste anything now. <laughs> Let's not waste anything to show you that you can't put restrictions on the Most High God. If he's telling you to do something where you can't see a way, that means you should do it. Yeah. 
because he's trying to show you his power, brothers and sisters. I tell young men that all the time, sisters too. Just because you can't calculate it in your mind, it may not even be a job. It may be something else, brothers and sisters. Just because you can't calculate it in your mind, that's purpose. He don't want you to do calculations in your mind. He wants you to give him opportunity to show him why he's the most high above all gods, brothers and sisters. So you can't put restrictions on the most high. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Read that again, brother. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Right. So faith is the confidence we have in possessing the things we hope for because of the promises of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. That's what faith is. Some people say, you know, seeing is believing. No, it's not. Believing is things that you can't even see materialized and saying, I don't know how this is going to happen. He told Abraham, your seed shall reign. Abraham couldn't even have a child. <laughs> Abraham couldn't even have a child. He up, upwards of 100 years old. Sarah like, come on in here, Abraham. I mean, the father <laughs> said, you know, get on up in here. And then what did he do? Then he told him to kill his son. He told him to sacrifice his son. Abraham thinking like, he said my seed is going to rule. How? He must going to resurrect my son from the dirt. Because what's not going to happen is what he said not come true. So in his mind, he's like, well, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I know it's going to happen because he said it's going to happen. And that's where our mindset must be, brothers and sisters. Don't let Satan break you, brothers and sisters. Don't let circumstances, extenuating circumstances, crumble you and bring you to your knees, brothers and sisters. You're powerful. You're more powerful than that. Your faith is what's needed to be enlisted, brothers and sisters. Go to Philippians, brothers and sisters. We're going to Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Read that again. Be careful for nothing. So worry is forbidden, brothers and sisters. Why? Because there's nothing to be gained from it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Corey. Be careful for nothing, but in everything be prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Most See? High. So don't be worried. Let him know. Let your father know what you need. Let your father know. Even if you can't see how he can construct this, let your father know what you need, brothers and sisters. Right? The same way if you have children out there, if your child or your wife tell you something that you need, and somehow you're going to figure it out. Me not figuring out is not even an option. <laughs> well, I got to pull up, you know, take double shifts for the next month. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Now, a lot of times you provide what's that being asked for. They don't even know how you got it. They just know you got it. He's telling you. Let me know what's going on here. Let me step in. Let me be your guidance. Let me be your strength. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Most High. So worrying accomplishes nothing, brothers and sisters. It cannot supply the very least of our needs or wants. So we should strive to eliminate it from our thinking, brothers and sisters. Worry for nothing, brothers and sisters. It says be careful for nothing. That means don't be worried, brothers and sisters. Worry is not 
It's not godly to be worried. Don't be worried. Put your cast, your cares, your burden on Christ and allow him to deliver. Step back. Uh, read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 7. And the peace of the Most High, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Right. So the faith is in Christ, not in you, not in what you can see, not in what you can do or what I can do through my hand. I have no power. We have no power. Brothers and sisters, Christ has the power. Ahia, the Father, the great I am have the power. Brothers and sisters, worry for nothing. We're going to show you Matthew 8 and 23. Christ dealt with this with the disciples. Matthew 8 and 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. And so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Examine this, brothers and sisters. There's a full-fledged tornado, <laughs> hurricane going on in the midst of the sea. Christ is over to sleep. <laughs> he's having good sleep too. He, he, he's having good. He's having deep sleep. He's sleeping in the midst of this trial. If there are your trials and tribulations, you should be able to sleep. You oversleeping. You comfortable? Like I'm good. Most I got me. I'm good. Especially if you know you, you're being obedient. If you're being obedient, there's nothing to worry about, brothers and sisters. Now, when you're being disobedient, that's where <laughs> your faith should be shaken. Because you know you're doing dirt. Now, if you're being obedient, there's nothing to worry about. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, and his disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye, little, o ye of little faith? To show you that the disciples didn't have faith either at one point. To show you that before the ministry started, what was he doing? Testing their faith. He was building their faith up before he sent them out, brothers and sisters. This was on purpose, brothers and sisters. This was on purpose. Before I send you out, I have to build your faith up. Read that, uh, read that scripture again, brother. Verse 26. And he said to, saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The symbolism behind this particular story should bring great encouragement and hope for anyone who's facing a storm in life, brothers and sisters. Faith in Christ is never misplaced, brothers and sisters. If he can calm the storms of the sea in one word, he can calm the storms of life as well, brothers and sisters. Even the weather. <laughs> Listen to his command, brothers and sisters. Examine that. That's why he's telling you, worry of nothing. Christ is asleep. They should have known if Christ is asleep in a corner, right. then everything's going to be okay. <laughs> he's telling you, don't worry. Worry is wicked, brothers and sisters. Worry is wicked. Just be prepared to go when I say go, to duck when I say duck, to jump when I say jump. It's just like if you've ever seen that movie Matrix. Uh, um, Morpheus, he, he was talking to Neo on the phone and he was telling him where to go. Turn left here. Turn right. Jump. Duck down. They're looking. And everything he did was right in time, brothers and sisters. He was being directed. He was being led. Now, we're not saying Morpheus is the most high, but we're just <laughs> using that analogy to say... The Most High know what's going on, brothers and sisters. He know what you need. 
He know what's coming tomorrow. He know the tribulation that's around the corner. He's going to protect you and he's going to guide you. And this is him building your faith before he send you out as sheep amongst the wolves. What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just read 26. All right. Can you read verse 27? Verse 27. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. Look at, examine that, brothers and sisters. This is the power of Christ through the spirit of the most high God, brothers and sisters. Faith. We don't worry, brothers and sisters. We don't worry. Hebrews 11 and 6. We're going to stick in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to, to the Most High must believe that he is. Read, read that from the top, brother. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. He's magnifying the value of faith, brothers and sisters. It's impossible to please him if you have no faith. For he that cometh to the Most High must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Right. So it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So without confidence in your God, the most high God, the great I am, in his fidelity, his truth, his wisdom, his promises, he cannot find pleasure in you because you have no confidence in him. Read that one more time, brother. Verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right. So he cannot be pleased with a man who have no confidence in him, brothers and sisters, who doubts the truth of his declarations and his promises. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now this is critical, brothers and sisters, because Satan has set up a system where having very little faith is required. Only thing you have to do is get their education, right? <laughs> you get the MD, the PhD, the bachelors, then automatically you're going to make this amount of money. So he set up a system where if you just do what he say, dude, then you should be okay. Because he know that no faith in the most high leads to the most high viewing you as spoiled, which means you're no good to him. Can you read that one more time, brother? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Read that last part again. But he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So those that look to him, brothers and sisters, now examine this. Those who look to Christ, those who look to the Most High for deliverance will be rewarded. To prove that, go to Matthew 14 and 22. Matthew 14 and 22. You must acknowledge him, brothers and sisters. And straightway Christ constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Christ went unto them, walking on the sea. Doing what? Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Christ spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. I is. I is I. 
be not afraid, or it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. So Peter is saying, if it's you, Yeshua, allow me to come on the water. Verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Christ. So Peter started walking on this water, brothers and sisters. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous. Read that again. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. See, so when he saw the wind boisterous, brothers and sisters, what does this say? This is saying that if your adversity or your circumstances become your distraction, you will fall. Read it again, brother, please. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Christ stretched forth his hand. Read 30, 3.30 one more time, brother. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried. So he began to sink. What did he cry? Lord, save me. What did he cry? Lord, save me. And then what happened? And immediately Christ stretched forth his hand. See? That's what he's trying to show you. Call out to me. Rely on me. Keep your eye on me. That's this, this is the shortest prayer in the Bible. Lord, save me. He was delivered because he's telling you those who seek me shall be rewarded. Don't look at the don't look at the fire. Don't look at the everything going on around you. Look at me, because if you start looking at the, the storms, if you start looking at everything going on around you, you're going to fall. You're going to sink. Look at me. Call out to me. Read that one more time, brother. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried. Say, Lord, save me. And immediately Christ stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? See, so we wanted to show you. It says he cried out, Lord, save me. So once he relied on Christ, he was delivered, brothers and sisters. See, if you seek him, you shall be rewarded. You must look to Christ. Call out to him. Don't look at how you can do it through your strength and try to calculate it. And all right, well, this is what I got to do. And then, no, no, you don't have to do none of that. You put ca- those who are heavy burdened, cast your cares upon Christ, the Hamashiach, the Messiah, as John 16 and 33 said, brothers and sisters. You call out to him and you will be delivered. That's what he wants. He wants you to rely on him. We, we went here to show you that if you start paying attention to the circumstances, the, the bad case that you're in, you're going to fail because you're, paying, you're looking at the wrong thing. You have to keep your eye on him. Call out to him. Cry. Humble yourself. Say, I need saving. I can't do this alone. And immediately he'll save you, brothers and sisters. So he's going to put you in situations. Where you can't deliver yourself purposely. Read 31 one more time, brother. Verse 31. And immediately Christ stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So what is this? If you examine this, what is this saying? This is showing you that adversity motivates us to cry out to God. That's why he puts you in adversity. That's why he puts you in the flame. Because that's the motivation for you to cry out to your God. Nobody can save you. Mama can't save you. Daddy can't save you. Wife can't save you. Husband can't save you. Job can't save you. Money can't save you. There's one savior, brothers and sisters. Only one. Only one. Brothers and sisters. 
to show you that the disciples didn't have faith. This is him again. We just came from Matthew 8. Now we're in Matthew 14 to show you before he sent them, he had to build their faith. He was showing them they had no faith. So we can examine that and say our trials show the strength of our faith. So you can say, okay, I, I got to strengthen that. <laughs> so he was showing them that they had no faith, brothers and sisters. And even though they had no faith, he still utilized them because they built the faith. Once you get enlisted in the army, once you're baptized, you're not ready to go right now. A lot of us, we think we're ready to go right now and take on, you know, take on the enemy. We're not. This is the beginning. The baptism was the beginning. Now it's time to build the faith. He's putting you in situations purposely to build your faith, brothers and sisters. So the trials, the tribulation prove either how much faith you have or how much you're lacking, brothers and sisters. And that's okay. It's learning. Even if your faith has to be strengthened, that's okay. That's okay, brothers and sisters. That is okay. But we wanted to magnify that when he cried out to the Most High, when he cried out to Christ, that's when he was delivered, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 30 and 31 one more time. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Christ stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Some adversity motivates us to cry out to God, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 50 and 15. Psalms chapter 50. We're going to read verse 15, brothers and sisters. Psalms 50 verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. Read that again, brother. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify See? me. See, it's all about him getting the glory. <laughs> it's all about him. It's not even about you. He wants the glory. Call out to me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and I shall get the glory. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time, brother. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. And he will rescue you, brothers and sisters. So he purposely puts us in predicaments in which we can't deliver ourselves, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he wants us to turn to him during the times of adversity for strength and for comfort, brothers and sisters. That's what it's about. It's not about trying to, you know, destroy you or crumble you or break you. It's not about that. He wants the glory. <laughs> The Bible tells you our God is a jealous God. He wants the glory. That's what it's about, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Romans 8 and 28. Something to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, to help strengthen our faith. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Read that again, brother. And we know that that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So all adversity, all tribulations and trials, brothers and sisters, work together for our good in God's glory. That's what you keep in mind, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. It's contingent, though. Examine this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. For who? To them that love God. To who? Them that love God. What's loving God? Keeping his commandments. See? So if you keep the commandments, the deliverance is at the door, brothers and sisters. You have to know this. 
everything's going to work out <laughs> because I'm I'm being disciplined. See, for those who love God, you love him by showing him your obedience, brothers and sisters. You keep this in mind. Why? We're going to show you Isaiah 55 and 11. Keep that in mind, brothers and sisters. That helps strengthen you in the time of trial and tribulation in the storms of life. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Remember, he said all things work together for good for those who love him, brothers and sisters, for those who are obedient to him. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Read that again. It shall not return unto me void. Read that again, brother. It shall not return unto me void. The Most High is bound by his word, brothers and sisters. If he say it, it will happen. It have no choice. There is no other option. Whatever he said will go, brothers and sisters. We went into slavery just like he said, brothers and sisters. You think he wanted that to happen? No. But that's what he said would happen, brothers and sisters. It also said we're going to rule. <laughs> Most High is bound by his word. And what did his word say? All things work together for those who are obedient to him. Brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It shall accomplish the things which the Most High please. And it shall prosper in the things where he tell it to prosper, brothers and sisters. Examine that. Examine this, brothers and sisters. All things work together to the good, for the good of those who are obedient, brothers and sisters. And he's bound by that word. So when I'm dealing with certain things, I bring up to the Most High what he said. I'm like, well, Father, you did say, you know, <laughs> test him. Put it on. Like, well, you told me. <laughs> you said if I did this, you got me. So I uh, I'm waiting to be God. <laughs> and he's going to come through because he's bound by his word. He can't lie. The father can't lie. So whatever he says goes, brothers and sisters. And you remind him. He loves that. He loved when you remind him what he said. Well, you told me if I took that job, you was going to make this work somehow. So I'm waiting on you to make it work. <laughs> you told me if I, you know, if I was obedient, you was going to elevate me. Remind him of what he said, brothers and sisters. Not that he really needs reminded. But for your sanctity, for your strength, to say, even though I don't see it, you said it will happen. I just want to remind you. I don't want you to forget. I know you got a lot of people you're trying to help. But remember, you did tell me <laughs> that you had me. So, yeah. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 50. Please follow us. Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. Today's dialogue is based on trials, tribulation, adversity, and how to overcome Psalms 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. Read that again. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. Examine that, brothers and sisters. This is the comfort. It's the word. What did the word say? All things work together for those who love him. See, brothers and sisters? Can you read that one more time, brother? This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision. Read that one more time, 50, brother, please. Verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. Right. So what is it saying? This is saying if you overcome the affliction of adversity, it's because you held fast to his instruction and perfected your faith. Read that one more time, brother. This is my comfort 
is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. See? So no matter what happens, they could flip this earth upside down. We're going to stand up right. I'm not to be shaken and stirred. This ain't no James Bond drink. <laughs> no matter what you do, I'm going to stand on my square. I'm going to stand up straight. No matter what you do, no matter what the enemy does, brothers and sisters, you cannot let them shake you. You must show resiliency. You must show fortitude. You must show discipline, brothers and sisters. That's what, that's what we must do. Prove yourself worthy to be in this fight, brothers and sisters. Little people, you know, some people, they get a paper cut. They're like, ah, oh, I can't work no more. I got a paper cut. Like, brother, <laughs> one little thing happened, you uncomfortable, and now you can't even work, brother? You got to be able to work. You got to be able to fight. You got to be able to withstand. You got to be able to be uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. Adversity is when you elevate yourself and separate yourself from the rest, brothers and sisters. The Most High will use you because He knows that adversity brings out the best in you. That brings out the best in you, brothers and sisters. We are not to be, sh to be shaken or stirred. We're going to 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. New Testament, brothers and sisters, please follow us. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Read that part again. Which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and ex eternal weight of glory. Read that one more time, brother. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. To show you that the adversity is for just a moment, brothers and sisters. Just for a season, brothers and sisters. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen. Read that part again. While we look not at the things which are seen. Because why? It doesn't seem like I can overcome this. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So these trials are fine-tuning our faith, brothers and sisters. That's what this, that's what this passage is saying. The tribulation, the adversity is fine-tuning your faith, brothers and sisters, like a violin. Fine-tuning, brothers and sisters. So through the pain and the hardship, he demonstrates how much we need his help, brothers and sisters. That's, that's what it was about. Because sometimes when, you know, you're good, pockets full of money, you got a job, you like, I don't really, you know, I may skip a few prayers. I'm good. My bills are paid. I got money to the next, you know, pay my rent to next summer. Then you fall off, or you know, you really need to, you know, do the shopping, hit the club, you know, I'm good. <laughs> really need them right now. Car's good, you know. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So the bridge of adversity, brothers and sisters, can take us to a place of indescribable intimacy with the Most High God, brothers and sisters. This is how we get closer to our Father, brothers and sisters. Through this adversity, through this trial, through this tribulation, brothers and sisters. Call out, cry out for your God. And you, 
Listen, if you're being obedient, then you should have no problem calling out. I've been doing everything you said, Father. So now I need you to save me. Throw me a life raft. I can't swim. Listen, you've been obedient. Why would I not save you? This is what he's saying. Why would I not throw your life raft? Having you on earth is benefiting me. <laughs> That's where the obedience comes in, brothers and sisters. That's where the obedience comes in. If, you know, when you had your, you was growing up as an adolescent and you've been doing dirt, your mama, your daddy been telling you to do this and do that. You haven't done none of that. And then you need some new shoes for the basketball game. You know, you can't even ask for the new shoes, but hell ma, I did everything you said do all week long. I've been doing it. She's like, all right, I got to reward you. You've been doing right. Got to reward you because you may stop if I don't. See, that's where the obedience comes in. That's where the faith comes in. That's where your strength comes in because you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> you know I'm doing the right thing. So I know I'll be delivered because I've been, you know, I've been killing my flesh. I've been persecuting my flesh, making it uncomfortable for me, you know, doing what's right. Even when it doesn't benefit me now, I need, I need your help. Now I need your help, Father. You can feel confident that you're going to get that deliverance because you've been doing what you're supposed to do, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. Ecclesiasticus or Sirach. We're going to read 30, 35 and 20. Ecclesiasticus 35 verse 20. Mercy is seasonable in the time of affliction. Read that again, brother. Mercy is seasonable in the time of affliction as clouds of rain in the time of drought. So the Most High God has his own sense of timing, brothers and sisters. It's coming though. Can you read that again? Verse 20. Mercy is seasonable in the time of affliction as clouds of rain in the time of drought. So he knew what we would encounter before he laid the foundations of the earth, brothers and sisters. So his timing is always perfect. It's always perfect. It's right on time. Read that one more time. Verse 20. Mercy is seasonable in the time of affliction as clouds of rain in the time of drought. Right. So he's never early. He's never late, but he's always on time, brothers and sisters. Always is on time. The mercy is seasonable. When it's needed most, right before you break, that's when the deliverance comes, brothers and sisters. Push you to your limit, then deliver you, brothers and sisters. That's the Father maturing us, brothers and sisters. Through the adversity, through the trials, through the tribulation. It's to be expected. It will come, brothers and sisters. It has to come. This is how you go up a level. This is how you elevate yourself spiritually, brothers and sisters. It's through overcoming in the face of adversity. We're going to go to Psalms 34 and 19. Please follow us. Gold is tried in the fire. Psalms 34 and 19. Many are, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Read that again, brother. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Examine that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, brothers and sisters. For those of us who are righteous, there's going to be much adversity, brothers and sisters. Much. Can you read that again? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
But the Lord delivered him out of them all. Out of some. Out of them all. Out of one. Them all. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Out of all of them. Out of all of them. Why? Because you're righteous. <laughs> the afflictions, many of them come on the righteous, brothers and sisters. So the strain of life is what actually builds our strength. If there's no strain, then there's there will be no strength, brothers and sisters. How do we know this? Examine a gym. If there's no resistance where when you're exercising, how does the muscle build? Just imagine somebody doing air, you know, air raises. They just, you're not building any strength there. There have to be resistance, something that's fighting back for you to build the muscle, brothers and sisters. That's what he's telling you. So adversity builds humility and godly character, brothers and sisters. See, when you put those weights in your two hands and start raising your arms, now that's when the muscles start emerging, bulging out of your arm. You could just push your arms up in the air all day, all you want. The strain of life, brothers and sisters, is what gives you the strength. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Right. The most, the most high delivereth us out of all of our adversity, our trials and our tribulations, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why are many afflictions on the righteous? That's the question. Ecclesiastes 1 and 18 is the answer. Not Ecclesiasticus, but Ecclesiastes after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. Read that again, brother. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Examine that, brothers and sisters. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Now, now, why is this, brothers and sisters? Because the more we know of ourselves, the less satisfied we shall be with our own hearts. You're like, okay, I need to be better at this. I need to elevate myself. I need to be stronger here. Read that one more time, brother. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. See, so the more you learn, brothers and sisters, the more sorrow and grief comes. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required, brothers and sisters. So that means before I had the knowledge, I wasn't accountable. I wasn't accountable because I didn't have the knowledge. But now there's a level of accountability. Now I'm responsible for that knowledge. And change is required. See, brothers and sisters? So with that increase in knowledge, you're realizing the reality of the world. Now you're realizing the reality of the world that we were born in, brothers and sisters. And now you have the knowledge of the unseen spiritual world. With that knowledge comes restrictions of how we're able to maneuver and fight in this spiritual war, brothers and sisters. That's why I was telling you, the more you learn, the more sorrow, because you're looking like, wow, look at all this. It's like an avalanche coming down. Ignorance is bliss, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. I mean, you're just going through life. You're just sinning. You, have, you don't know what's going on in the earth. You have no reason not to be happy. Then you can see and you're like, whoa. What is this going on here? Pagan holidays, unclean foods, Sunday worship. <laughs> Examine this, brothers and sisters. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 18. 
for in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. See, so that's why many afflictions come on the righteous, but he deliver them from them all, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 59 and 15 will edify that. The furnace of affliction is where we're chosen, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 59 and 15. Yeah, truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. Read that again, brother. And he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. He that departed from evil make himself a prey. Why is that? Because when you wake up, the demonic spirits come after you, brothers and sisters. They will come after you. Once you wake up, the demonic forces are coming after us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because knowing they would know that we would feel compelled, brothers and sisters, to publicize and disseminate the truth of the light. So they would rather you just keep it to yourself. <laughs> but they know the Holy Spirit, once you get the knowledge, you feel compelled to share this with everybody you know. <laughs> and that's really what the problem is. That's why they had to put John on his own island. They're like, just keep that to yourself. <laughs> That's why it's a sin for you to just keep this knowledge. The Bible tell you the brother had one talent and put it in the ground. No, you have to take this truth and disseminate it to your brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 15. Yeah, truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. So once you depart from evil, brothers and sisters, you have now become the haunted. So adversity is evidence of spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters. That's what it is. There's a spiritual war going on. And it's taken, you can see it through the adversity that you're dealing with, brothers and sisters. So we must be aware of the spiritual battle that rages between the Most High God and the enemy, brothers and sisters. Further proof, we're going to John 15 and 19. We're rounding it up here. John chapter 15, verse 19 and 20, brothers and sisters. John 15 and 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. See, examine this. He that cometh to the truth. Once you awaken, you become the prey. Why? This is why. Read that one more time, brother. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. Read that again. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than, the, than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. See, brothers and sisters, Christ was persecuted. He was tempted. He had adversity, brothers and sisters. So how can we think we're going to skip over that? And that's what I always say to Christians. How are you going to be raptured? How are you supposed to be raptured up before all the adversity? Christ said, if I was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. So why would... The Most High rapture you up before the tribulation. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Read that one more time. The last scripture, brother. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So we wanted to magnify that, brothers and sisters, because 
looking at Christ's life tells you what to prepare for. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be trials. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be temptation. There's going to be those looking to destroy you, brothers and sisters. All of this comes in the face of adversity, brothers and sisters. All of this comes in the face of adversity. What do you do? How do you handle it? How do you sustain yourself? You cry out to the Father, brothers and sisters. He that departed from evil, make himself a prey. We're going to Revelations chapter 10, verse 10. Examine the scripture, brothers and sisters. Revelation 10, verse 10. I took the little book out of the angel's hand. What book is this? This is the Bible on the heavenly tables. This is the Bible, brothers and sisters. And I took the book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And ate it up. I learned it. I, you know, I digested it. I, I read it. I understood it. Read that again, brother. And ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. So when you first got it, it was sweet as honey. Oh, on the Sabbath. Oh, I know about the holy days, Passover. I'm an Israelite. All this is good. But what happens next? And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. See? So while it was in your mouth in the beginning, it was sweet as honey. But once you digested it, it became bitter. Brothers and sisters, because now your perception, your perspective has now changed. First you go from the joy, I'm an Israelite, the truth, the Sabbath, Purim, Passover. And then once you've sat with it for a while, it becomes bitter, brothers and sisters. Why? Because now you have the understanding of the battle that you're in. <laughs> now you're seeing, okay, whoa, I'm under attack here from family members, from friends, from religions, from media. See, read that again, brother. Verse 10, and I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Why was it bitter? Because now you're being tested by the Most High, you're being tempted by Satan, and the world hates you. <laughs> so it's coming on all sides, brothers and sisters. You don't realize this in the beginning. Once you've sat with it, you're like, okay, wow, wow. <laughs> Every part of this work is not comely, brothers and sisters. Every part is not comely. Once you get it initially, you're happy. You're just like learning. You just, you know, in the beginning, you're just learning. You want to hear everything you can because you're like, I, there was a time where I didn't understand any of this. I just want to know it all. Then once you sit with it for a second, you realize the reality of this world, brothers and sisters. Even though it's bitter, you must still endure Go to Job 23 and 10, brother. Job 23, verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Examine that, brothers and sisters. It says, but he knoweth the way that I will take. What does that mean? That's letting you know that in the adversity, there's two paths. There's two paths when facing adversity, brothers and sisters. Either you're going to run back to Satan and what you know, or you're going to stand firm in your spiritual training, brothers and sisters. And many choose to run back to Satan. And Satan is like, okay, listen, I got you. It's okay. It's all right. Put that Bible down. Back on up from that Bible. Don't worry about that Israelite stuff. I got a nice, you know, Christian church for you there. Some good people there for you. Holidays. Just back on up from that Bible. <laughs> See? 
This is what happens, brothers and sisters. So those who endure through the fire come out as pure gold. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me. When he hath tried you. That's the adversity. He's trying you. I shall come forth as gold. See? Gold is tried in the fire, brothers and sisters. Which one are you? Are you the, the true, uh, the authentic gold? Or are you that, that thing that turned your neck green? That melts away in the heat, brothers and sisters. Job chapter 42, verse 5. Job 42, verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Read that again. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye seeth thee. Read that one more time, brother. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. So I learned of you through the Bible, through hearing it, through it being taught. But now mine eye seeth thee. See? Once you come through the fire, now you've seen the power for yourself. Now this, once you've endured, this is now your personal testimony. You're like, not only did I hear this, I've seen the power. He delivered me. See that, brothers and sisters? Read that one more time, brother. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Right. So now, once you've endured, this is your personal testimony, which builds our faith, brothers and sisters. So once we overcome, we will view this trial as a gift from above, sent for the good of us, brothers and sisters, and for God's glory, of course. So, yeah, we, we heard it. We listened. That's how we learned of him. But we saw the power when he delivered us from the adversity, brothers and sisters. Now you can say, you know, I learned it. I listened. I heard it. I read it. But I also seen it actively. I saw the power actively because I, I, I didn't know how I was going to sustain. I didn't know where I was going to sleep. I, I didn't know how I was going to feed myself. I didn't know how I was going to deliver myself from the magistrates. I didn't know. And <laughs> thank God we don't believe in the what you can see, but what's going on in the unseen. Because why? The battle is not with flesh and blood, brothers and sisters. This is not a carnal battle. This is a spiritual battle, brothers and sisters. And many are not equipped spiritually to fight a spiritual battle. If it's not physical, a lot of people, they, if, you know, they can't even understand it. They don't know how to grasp this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, today's lesson was gold is tried in the fire. We wanted to go into a thorough examination on how do we overcome trials, tribulations, and adversity. If you keep the Most High first, stay obedient, and perfect your faith, the, uh, the outcome will be always in your benefit, brothers and sisters. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala, Kwam Yasharala. Sin, no more. sin no more. 